It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast. It is Wednesday, July 31st, 2019, the final day of July. This is your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. As always, it's great to have you with us today. You can subscribe to Locked On Jets on many different platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And please leave it a good review if you do enjoy it. We certainly do appreciate that. Well, it was a quiet Tuesday for the Jets. Practice was not happening yesterday. The Jets had the day off. So a quiet day around Jets training camp. It was their first day off uh, since training camp began last week. And on today's show, I wanted to go back and touch on a topic we discussed back in June during the summer. And I gave you a little bit of a warning about there were certain things that happened during training camp that you should not read too much into. And I think it it will be kind of fun to go back and Go back on some of those and apply that to what we've heard in the first week of training camp because you know, we're always so starved for information when training camp starts. It's an exciting time of year because we're used to getting no football information. Now, finally, we're getting something. The thing is, we're really only getting information that comes from a practice. So it's not really that important. And the, the point I, I typically make in situations like this is in November – if you heard that somebody was having like a great practice, would it really move the needle for you as far as your opinion of that player? Now, I know we don't get reports from practice once the season actually starts. You know, the the writers who cover the team typically are only there for like the first few minutes. They watch the team stretch and they get the injury reports, and they they don't watch practice once the regular season starts. So I know. It's not necessary. That's not something that happens. But let's just say, like, they let writers in during the regular season practices. If you found out a guy had a good practice or two good practices in a row, would you care? No, you care about what happens on Sunday. But because we've not had any information, we don't have any games yet. I think sometimes we read too much into what happens during the practice, uh, during these training camp practices. And I mean, look, uh, I probably should not be saying this because uh, it produces content i'm trying to pre- 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 present content uh both written and podcasting content it means telling you to disregard what happens in training camp probably is not good for business for me but i'm going to do it anyway we're going to go back to the five to five of the things i discussed that you should not read too much into during training camp and one of the things i mentioned were the actual practice reports the beat writer tweets the, 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 these writers go out there and they cover camp each day and you really appreciate what they do and I'll tell you something. I've been out there, and it's hot. It can be hot out there. It can be miserable. Now the Jets are having their practices in the morning this year, which probably uh, helps out with that a little bit. But I mean, it can be it can be a long day. It can be really hot out there. It can be grueling. I mean, I've been out there at points where my iPhone, I could not tweet because my iPhone was too hot. 
I, I, I had to get my iPhone to cool down so that I could use Twitter again. So it could be it could be tough out there. So I have a lot of respect for the folks who go out there, a lot of respect for the people who cover camp, who give us the information. But I always warn against reading too much of the beat writer tweets because, well, first of all, one thing I've noticed, and I try and you know, give you as much information as I can when I'm out there, most of the plays don't get tweeted out. We don't we don't find out about most of the plays. Now again, when I'm out there, I try and do, give as much play by play as I can. But most plays you don't hear a lot about. And the other thing is, you're not allowed to give out some of the information. Like especially when we're talking specific formations, the team doesn't want one doesn't want to give away its playbook. So there are certain things you cannot tweet out. You can't tweet out videos after a certain point of practice that actually could give something away. So you know, these are things you. you should uh so that's why one of the reasons I, i've said you should take the the tweets you get from the beat writers with a grain of salt and you know i found a couple of good examples in recent practices i mean I've, I've seen some post practice recap tweets and one of the comments you know i, I saw one that listed listed daryl roberts as a star from yesterday from uh, i'm sorry monday's practice and I went through the tweets of various ones I found. I could not find Daryl Roberts show up on a single play in any one of these tweets. You know, another one was uh, Deontay Burnett. Again, like there was a day Deontay Burnett was one of the beat writers listed him as a star, and I could not find Deontay Burnett listed in a single play. And that's not to say he wasn't. He probably was making plays. It's just we weren't getting the the exact play by play. Is that because the, the the writers who were out there are not giving us the play by play of every single thing that happens? So with that in mind, you know maybe some of the recap tweets when they when they tell you a general view of what happened during the day, maybe those are a little more telling than the actual play play by play. But you know I see so many times people are following. The, these tweets, uh, what's going on at practice, and they say, oh, well, this guy made a big play. Oh, he must be having a great practice. Well, maybe sometimes that's his only good play of the practice, and he's bad the rest of the time. So this is actually a good example. Is, you know, you look at the recap, you look at some of the recaps that the writers are putting out there on their Twitter accounts and who they're listing as the stars and who they're listing as the guys who didn't play well, and you compare it with what's the with the play-by-play that's being provided on Twitter where, you know, play by play where oh this guy made a big catch this guy broke a big run it doesn't always match up because again the you're not getting every single play tweet you're only getting selected plays tweeted at you by the writers who are in attendance and again i appreciate everything the writers are doing out there not an easy job they're doing a service for fans who are looking for information but you can't read too much into you know oh well this guy just broke a big 15 yard run he's having a great practice because Maybe what they're not telling you is, are all the times the guy got stuffed behind the line of scrimmage, and you know I just gave you just gave you those examples. I want one example: Daryl Roberts, who apparently had a good day on Monday. I can't find, yeah, you know, I, I can't really find many plays that he made if you're just following the tweets. But I'm sure he had a good day. Deontay Burnett, another time, another time, tweeted out that he it was tweeted out that he he was a star of the practice. Not really, can't really find any of the plays on Twitter. So if you're following these these uh, these tweets live, if you're following what's going on at camp live, just keep that in mind. Keep that in mind that you're not getting the full picture. There might be somebody who's starring who's not coming out in these selected tweets they play at they they send out. Just something to keep in the back of your head as you're following these practices. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. 
Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visit and no waiting at the pharmacy. Right now we have a special deal for our listeners. Visit bluechew.com. That's blue like the color B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. You get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's bluechew, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. Promo code Locked On to try it for free. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're here on this Wednesday episode of the Locked On Jets podcast talking about things that you should not go crazy about when you hear about them in training camp. We had a show back in June where I gave you a couple of things you should avoid overhyping, and today I'm going to try and apply them to some of the things that have happened the first week of training camp. And one of the things I mentioned back then was you should not read much into what Adam Gase has to say because Gase's job is to is to not really give anything of substance up. And, I mean, you can read some of the stories that have come out. And, I'm, again, I'm not trying to pick on any writers because you, you all you can do is write about what the guy has to say. I mean, you, you can't make the guy say something. You just have to write about what he has to say. But, you know, early in training camp, he made some comment about how the Jets are going to be playing meaningful games in December and uh, in November and December. And I saw a couple articles state that Gaze makes a bold proclamation. And I said, is it really a bold proclamation to say that? I mean, essentially all he's saying is I mean, that's not, it's not exactly a Rex Ryan Super Bowl guarantee. It's not even a Rex Ryan playoffs guarantee. That's pretty much him saying we're going to be a competitive football team. I mean, playing important games in November and December, that essentially means you're a competitive football team. I mean, what was he, what were you expecting him to say? Were you expecting him to say that we're going to stink this year? That, you know, the season's going to be over by Halloween? I, I certainly, that's, that's about as unbold of a statement as you can get for a coach to say we're going to be in the playoff hunt near the end of the year. Not exactly, I mean, that's not really saying a whole lot, but I mean, the media ran with it. I mean, there was one comment that Sam Darnold can throw the blank out of the ball. Well, yeah, you'd think that a guy with a, a guy who was talking about his young quarterback he believes in. Why wouldn't he say that? Why wouldn't he? The, we, we we would expect that Adam Gaze thinks Sam Darnold is go, good at throwing the football. Uh, it just goes over and over. Everyone. Uh, you know, Gaze praises C.J. Mosley. That's an article I've read. Uh, it just, uh, of course, he's praising him. Uh, he talks about how good Greg Williams is as a defensive coordinator. Well, I'd hope the defensive coordinator you just hired, you think he's good. Easy to say before you play any games. So you know, these comments, they 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 produce stories. Again, I don't begrudge the writers. Look, I write about some of the stuff Gaze says too. You can only write about what he says, and his job again. His job is to not give you much insightful stuff. His job is to be as uninsightful as possible, and still make it feel like he gave you. It still make it feel like he gave he gave you enough for a story. But I mean, some of these things he's saying, I mean, he's not giving you a ton. So I mean, him praising somebody, him praising 
the quarterback. Well, again, that's something you'd expect. Him praising his defensive coordinator, you'd expect that. Him praising his big free agent signing at linebacker, you'd expect that. Him saying we're going to be a competitive football team that's that's playing games in uh, playing important games in November and December. I wouldn't expect him to say again. I would not expect him to say the season is going to be over at Halloween. So, you know that that's a I think a good example of what I was talking about back then. He's said a lot, but he really said, has said nothing. And again, not a knock on Gase. That's his job, and not a knock on the reporters. It's their job to report what he has to say. So, I guess good job all around, but not really anything insightful coming out of there. You know, another thing I mentioned were just in general reports about the offense beating the defense. And look, I do think that this is good. I do think for the Jets, maybe I overstated that back in June because I do think that this offense is going to carry the team. I mentioned that on a show earlier this week. And there have been many instances where in recent years you where you've heard about how the defense was dominating the offense, but these practices are built for the offense to outshine the defense because there's not there's not tackling see on, on offense you're doing things you're doing things similar to how you do them in the uh in once the games actually start maybe not complete you're not bracing yourself for contact but you're running routes the same way you're looking for holes as a back the same way a lot of the offense is similar defense you've taken away all the aggression out because these practices are typically not full contact you don't play with the same level of intensity so the offense has an advantage and you know one example i'll give you is that there have been plenty of reports that the offensive line has had a better time of things than the defensive line well think about the players who are on the offensive line and think about the players who are on the defensive line now is it possible the offensive line is going to be better than we think look anything's possible there are always people who surprise you there are people you think aren't going to be any good who end up being good so yeah maybe it's a sign that the offensive line is really gelling maybe this offensive line is going to be better than we think maybe the center position the the right guard position maybe it's not as dire as it seems on paper but i mean look at the caliber of players you have on the offensive line look at the player caliber of players you have on the defensive line i think most of us would expect the defensive line to be better and when the the defensive line is not better in these matchups it's probably a sign something's up when you have the two williamses you have anderson you have mcclendon i mean you've got some really good players on this defensive line is it the sign that the offensive line is better again is maybe the offensive line is just gelling or maybe it's just a sign that i don't know maybe it's a sign that these practices are built to favor the offense. Maybe the offense is having its way because these practice because the defense can't do what the defense does. You know, my hunch is that that's probably more the case. I think this defensive line is going to be more of a strength than the offensive line is. So we'll, we'll I guess we'll have to wait and see on that one. But something about this, so yeah, the, the, it, it, there's kind of alarm bells going off for me right now when I'm reading about how the offensive line is doing great. Yeah, the offensive line's having its way with the defensive line. That's, to me, probably a sign that, again, these practices are built to favor the offense, and maybe that's what you're seeing rather than the offensive line being this dominant unit and taking the defensive line to school. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
We're here on the Locked On Jets podcast talking about some of the things that you know, are probably getting a little too much hype in training camp. I warned you back in June about these things, and now I'm trying to provide you with some real-world examples of what I was talking about. Uh, you know, One other thing that I mentioned back in June was the late-round pick who was flashing. You know, that, that, This happens every year, and I guess I've become kind of jaded because I've seen this guy go out there and not produce so I've, I've heard so many guys get hype early in camp and then go out there when the games start and they don't really do anything and you know for the Jets this year there's really only one player because Austin's on the you know in, on one of the injured list bless Austin the sixth round pick Westco the fourth round pick a tight end I mean he's not really going to be a big time threat in the passing game he's more of a blocker so really the only guy out there is Blake Cashman. And look, I liked Blake Cashman. I like this pick. I think he can help this team on special teams right off the bat. And I think that there's a reason to hope that maybe he can develop into a starter down the road. Sounds like he's impressing the coaches early in camp. Sounds like he's getting even some more, a little bit of work with the ones. He, they're moving him around a little bit. you know. But let's, again, keep our keep things in perspective here. These are just a couple practices. This is not just because you succeeded in a couple practices does not necessarily mean you're going to go out there and play great during games. Now, again, you know, these things are built to favor the offenses. So a defensive player going out there and standing out, I can't dismiss it as totally meaningless. But again, one one we're like less than one week in right now. So less than one week of practice that you're you're playing well. I mean, look, we got to get more. We got to see more. You know, I, I think that if a guy went out there and put together four good games, I'd say I would not be ready to anoint him a great player in this league. So if a guy goes out there and puts together a couple of good practices, and again, this is nothing against Blake Cashman. I think he's got some potential. I think he's got some potential in the short term to help on special teams in the long term. Maybe he can become a player, but you have to remember that this guy did fall to day three of the draft for a reason. And many is look every now and then you'll have a guy who steps in and defies his draft status and steps in and plays great day one as a starter. But I think you have to look at the, the odds. The odds are probably against that. The odds are probably that this is just a couple of good practices. That it's not a sign that he's ready to contribute right off the bat. Because again, it's one of the things I always say. You found out a guy had a couple good practices in October. Would it change your mind on him? Probably not. So keep it in perspective. And again, that's not against, not, not against nothing against Blake Cashman. Just it, if Blake Cashman goes out there and is just a special teamer this year and doesn't play much on defense, is this a disappointing year? No, absolutely not. So just keep that in perspective. Keep what the keep what your goals are reasonable. And the last thing I mentioned was Sam Darnold. And look, everybody's going to hype what Sam Darnold does, good or bad, during this training camp. And from all indications, Darnold's off to a good start in camp this year. And maybe this will be the last year where we have to hear about how the young quarterback's ready to take off. I, I've We've been hearing that for like a decade for the Jets with various different quarterbacks. So hopefully this is the last year we have to hear that because hopefully Darnold will take off and the story will be next year about how Jets franchise quarterback Sam Darnold prepares for year three. And we don't have to, we, he's already established. So hopefully that's the case. Again, he's off to a strong start in training camp, but I just go back to this. This is what I, uh, this is what I'll say. It's um, a case where Sam Darnold's a great prospect 
because of his tools, because of what he did at USC during games. He's not really a great prospect because he has a couple of good practices here because of what he brings to the table. And yes, to an extent, what he did the last four games of last season. And I don't want to read too much into the last four games of last season because the end of your rookie year is not necessarily indicative of the player you become. There are some guys who have great ends of the rookie year who, you know, kind of stall later on. And then there are guys who kind of struggle, who kind of go backwards near the end of the rookie year, who after an awful off season of rest, kind of turn it around. I mean, I think of Carson Wentz, he had a brutal end to his rookie year. His end of his rookie year was, if he, if the Eagles did not trade everything they traded to get Carson Wentz, they could have been justified in making him compete for the job year two. And he goes out there, year two plays great, actually is in the MVP discussion before he gets hurt. So it's not all, but uh, the point I'm trying to make here is that the reason you should be excited about Sam Darnold, it's not because you're reading it that he's throwing touchdowns in practice. It's because of the, the overall caliber of the prospect, because of the tools he brings to the table, because of what you've seen in game situations. And I understand, you know, you're hoping to f- just any sign you can find of a breakout coming. But it's not, you know, it's it's not about practice. It's a, it's going to be about games. You know, as, as Iverson said, we're talking about practice. So don't read too much into practice. You would not go crazy if he had bad practices. You would not say he's a bust if he has bad practices. So don't go too crazy. I understand the excitement. Don't go too crazy just because he has strings together a couple strong practices. The reason you should be excited is because of the, the full body of work, not just because he's got a couple practices that he's playing well. It's about it's about everything he brings to the table. It's not about a couple of isolated practices where you know he's not where he's wearing the red jersey. He doesn't have to worry about being hit. Don't live or don't live and die by th- throw to throw in training camp. That's our show for today. Thanks for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, subscribe Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, among your options, and leave it a good review if you do enjoy it. Have a great Wednesday, everybody, and we'll be back again tomorrow. Talk more Jets. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.